I am teaching a series on faith, what it means to experience real faith in your life so that you can really experience God. And I'm going to show you how to get there, what faith looks like, how to get there, and what you can expect and see God do in your life. Our verse that we're keying off of is Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 6, that says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards, actually shows up and does things for those who earnestly seek him. Now, last week, uh, I was setting up the basic uh, premise and was going to go into uh, some deeper stuff. Uh, I need to do a little bit more clarification. Can't imagine people not understanding me. But uh, uh, I confuse some people, and some people, you know, whenever I talk, when I challenge this idea of real faith versus kind of faith that's just kind of out there, I get people who get mad at me. You know, I get it. If you get mad at me, get in line. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Listen, I, what I am into is I want real Bible experience, okay? People go around and ask me, oh, Mark doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Mark doesn't believe in the, Mark did not say he didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Mark's just challenging stuff that people do that's like, what is this? Okay, people say, you know, Mark doesn't believe in speaking in tongues. I didn't say that. I speak in tongues. I don't know there's a day that has passed in the last 40 years when I have not spoken in tongues. I like it. It's one of the most wonderfully energizing things that I do in my life. If I could, I'd plug y'all in the wall and make y'all speak in tongues. But I can't do that. Anyway, I don't go around saying stuff. You know, you're talking. I don't say I said I don't believe in what I'm. What I don't believe in is nonsense. That just, you know, what is the point of some of these spirit, what we call spiritual expressions? that have no basis biblically, and I'm going to challenge people on it. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this church, but as pointed at in the Bible. Let's take a look. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Now he says, Now to one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The point is when these gifts of the Spirit show up, it's for the common good. It's so that everyone benefits from it. You sitting there just going, I don't know how that does anybody any good. Okay, now if you want to do that, fine. But it's not on the list. And I want to show you the list. This is the list that he talks about. He says, to one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom or a gift of wisdom. Now, wisdom is the ability to really know what to do. Given any situation in life where I know what to do. Have you ever been faced with something and you think, I don't know what to do? I mean, I, this is like every day in my life, but you know what I'm talking about? Where you think, I, I'm not sure what to do. Man, I pray all the time as your pastor, God, give me wisdom so I know the right things to do. Wouldn't it be great if we had more gifts of the Spirit where people had gifts of wisdom where they could come to you and give you godly advice and say, man, I'll tell you what you need to do. And then it's not just baloney coming out of their ears or their mouth or whatever, you know, but you really, they know what they're talking about. It's the Spirit of God giving them wisdom and insight. How many would like to know what to do with what you're facing in life? Let me see your hand. All right, the rest of you don't care. That's okay. That's your problem. But I want to know what to do. This, this is spiritual stuff. This is where God shows up and gives divine wisdom. If there's anything that should mark a spiritual church, it's that people are succeeding in life overwhelmingly. Do you know why? Because somehow they always know the right thing to do, the right step 
to take, the right business decision to make, the right investment to avoid. All these things. Why? Because they are amongst people who are full of godly, spirit-inspired wisdom. Sign me up. It's on the list. <laughs> to next, a message of knowledge by the same spirit. Now, this is cool. This is talking about the gift where someone is able to know something about you that they should not be able to know, but yet they know it anyway. We need more of this in churches because if we had more of this, we'd have less fakers and posers coming to church because it's easy to come to church and fake it when nobody really knows what you're like. But wouldn't it be cool if you're cheating on your wife and somehow everybody looked at you and knew it? I wouldn't like that. I'll bet not. But that would be great. When people are able to look at and they know and they can speak into your life and say, dude, what are you doing? You know, the Bible says that the early Christians, that people were afraid to gather with them. Do you know why? Because all the intents of their heart would be laid bare. It creeped them out. I mean, if you're a lying piece of garbage... And you like to fake it. You don't want to go walk into a place where all of a sudden everybody knows what you're doing. But that kind of spirit, I want to see that happening around here. Where people, you know, start being real about their challenges in life. I mean, you know, you come to church, you're yelling and screaming at each other. You walk in the door, how you doing? Good. You liar. You know you're not good. Wouldn't it be great? You come in screaming and yelling at your wife. You walk in the door and everybody goes, they know what you've been doing. <laughs> That's on the list. I want that one. To another, faith by the same spirit. Now, I'm teaching about faith, but this is a gift of faith, a supernatural impartation of faith where all of a sudden, whoa, you have the ability to believe for something that maybe you don't even care about. But yet, boom, you can see a miracle come. It's kind of like, you know, you can get people to exercise and get strong and stuff and get physically strong. But then you read these stories about people who in a moment of panic, they can lift up a car and pull out a trapped child or something like that. You read these stories, you know, like amazing. It's that kind of faith where just beyond supernatural, above, beyond your ability, faith where, wow, where God shows up and does something in a cool way. That is on the list. I want that one. Now, in 40 years, I can only think of one time I've had an experience like that. I've shared this story before, but I'll share it again. But I, it was one time, and it's kind of a strange thing, but I was, it was back in Marshfield, Wisconsin. We were, I was working by myself on a Saturday afternoon, and I'm working with some equipment. I dropped something, and a piece of metal grabbed my arm and just like that, and it really hurt. Now, we're not talking stitches and massive bleeding here just uh, a big owie a big boo-boo i had a big boo-boo and i remember grabbing my arm because i had a heart and i went oh lord heal my arm and i cannot describe it to you other than to say for a split second i had this rush of pure confidence in god in fact it was so weird i went whoa what was that I mean, seriously, I'm thinking, what was, that was kind of odd. I mean, it was kind of a cool little buzz. Oh, wow. 
So I go back to work, and about five minutes, I can feel this warm sensation on my arm. And I look down, and before my eyes, I am seeing the scar close up and heal right in front of me. You say, I don't believe that. That's your problem. You don't believe anything. <laughs> so, so why your life sucks, because you don't believe in anything. But I'm watching it, and I am like beside myself. I have never seen anything like that. Now, all the fuses in my brain are just popping, because this makes no sense. You mean to tell me now I have a great moment of faith for a boo-boo? <laughs> a boo-boo? Who needs boo-boo faith? I don't need boo-boo faith. I need, like, faith, you know, for a few million bucks to pay off this joint. That's what I need. That's, I, I need some of that. You're like, whoa, hallelujah. Here's a few million. We're all out of the, out of the deal. Somebody drops dead, I need some yo mama faith for that. You know what I'm saying? You mean to tell me that in all these years of serving God, I got an overwhelming sense for boo-boos? And I'm like, I mean, it made no sense. I mean, and I am like, and immediately I knew what had just happened. That, that's what that rush of, wow. And I'm seeing this thing and I'm like, I want to go show something. I, can't, I, I am like beside myself. I have never experienced anything. I've never seen anything like this. And it's happening to me. And I go, and then I go, I don't believe it. And it stopped. And then I said, I believe it. I believe it. But it didn't start up again. And it was like God spoke to my heart and said, don't say you don't believe it. Now, you have to know me at the time. If you knew me, one of the phrases I used a lot in my life is, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Packers would score. I don't believe it. You know. And not that it's a big deal, but I think God was trying to teach me something. Say, hey, you need to be a person of faith. Don't go walk around saying you don't believe stuff. Just a little tiny lesson just from that one thing. Now, to this day, I have a scar right here. The thing was twice as long. Where it was healing up, there is no scar. From the rest of it, there's a scar. I call it my idiot scar. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, boo-boo faith. I mean, I don't know, but that's on the list. Man, where all of a sudden faith shows up and something you're not hardly even thinking about. But you can trust God and see a miracle. Maybe you have faith. Maybe you're struggling in your own life. And all of a sudden you have just incredible faith to pray for somebody else and see God do a miracle in their life. Cool. How many of you want that? You know what I'm saying? That's on the list. Gift of faith. Another one, gifts of healing. Oh, wouldn't you love that one? That's where someone will pray for you and you're sicker than a dog and all of a sudden you are well. There's a lot of you sitting here this morning. You got owies, you got boo-boos, you got some serious sicknesses. Some of you are struggling with cancer. Some of you are struggling with this, that, and the other. Wouldn't it be fabulous if somebody lay hands on you, pray for you, and all of a sudden you are well? That is the kind of faith I want in here. That's, I tell you, we start really experiencing this. This stuff starts filling up, man. Christianity really starts changing the world. Truth of the matter, we don't see a lot of these things anymore. They're the exception. They're not the rule. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. What does that mean? That means like the ability to, to look at something and be able to tell if it's from God or not. Man, could we use that? I was talking on the first service. I was talking about, what's the guy's name? I always forget his name. Haggard. Ted Haggard. Remember this guy a few years ago? He's the president of the Evangelical Association of America. Turns out he's playing slap and tickle with men and all kinds of stuff. And guy's got issues. Living immorally, embarrassing himself, his family, his church. Of course, then he's got to step down in shame and people are all mad at him. How could he do that? I didn't get mad at him. 
You know, I don't get mad at people who mess up, you know. Everybody struggles. Obviously, the guy's got issues. But you know what broke my heart? I said, you mean to tell me that of all the great men of God, now remember, this guy's the president of the evangelical, we're talking some of the most big Yo Mama churches in America. I could drop names. You all know. You watch them on TV. You read their books. You listen to them on the radio. Of all these spiritual leaders in America who voted this guy, you mean not one of those guys had enough of this in them to be able to look at this guy and say, man, something didn't right. That experience, is a, as embarrassing as it was for him and his church, it's way more embarrassing for the whole kingdom of God as far as I'm concerned. See, the truth of the matter, we're not nearly as spiritual as we think we are. And the thing is, if we're going to fix this, we got to admit where we're at. The truth of the matter, I believe, that particularly the American church, we are as impotent as we can possibly be. Miracles, God doing divine things is the exception. It's not the rule. Why? Because we are so cold and callous in our heart and there's not much faith going on. Stuff like this happens, exposing the entire faith community to how weak. And I'm telling you, in the early church, stuff like this did not happen. You remember the one story of this Ananias and Sapphira, this guy and his wife come to church and they're lying. They're telling everybody they're giving a bunch of money when they weren't really giving it. Peter looked at him and said, why are you lying about the money? How do you know that? Because it is. Because there were such fakers, man. The Bible says all of a sudden the guy dropped over dead. Boy, that'll straighten you out, man. People start dropping dead around here. Whoa, let's not, let's not lie. But that's on the list. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. To others, be able to interpret those tongues. These are, these are the kinds of things that empower and encourage life. Now, again, I told you some of you get mad at me, and I know, but don't go around saying, I don't believe in the Spirit. I believe in the Spirit. What I challenge is the stuff that's kind of bizarre. What's not on the list is going, it's not on the list. Flopping on the floor. It's not on the list. Well, I'd flop on the floor, and I thought it was God. Okay. Listen, I got great friends who love God and they're great pastors and, and they do all this stuff. We just disagree. We don't hate each other. We just disagree. One thing's for sure, it ain't on the list. People whooping and hollering and running on church. Woo! You ever been in a service like that? I have. We were in Africa. They did it. When we were in service, all of a sudden some guy takes off. Woo! I just giggled. <laughs> you know. Do I hate it? No. But it ain't on the list. So I go, what are you doing? What's that? Again, it's supposed to benefit everybody. How's everybody benefited by someone falling on the floor? How's everybody benefited by someone shaking? Oh, Pastor, we get together and we hear angels sing. And the point is, what does this accomplish? I don't, at least you got to admit, it ain't on the list. Just because I challenge this stuff, they're not mad, they're in the choir. So. <laughs> they always get it when I'm getting real intense. You ever notice that? The timing's horrible. I get rid of all these people. Oh, man, he's taking off people. They're in the choir. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys got to work on your timing out there, man. So, all kinds of stuff, you know. What were we talking about? You know, this... this uh, 
laughing in the spirit. Anybody in the church where they do this? There's someone just bursts out laughing uncontrollably in one of the oddest moments. I mean, I could be telling a story about kitties dying or something. And I was like, ah! <laughs> now I gotta tell you, it's freaky when you're sitting in a church and the guy right behind you goes, ah! all of a sudden it's like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Disruptive, I mean, it's a, I think it's an awful thing. Now people just love it. They drive, I've been, I was with some guys who drove down to Chicago. We, they wanted to go see all the laughing in the spirit. Everybody just, I went along with them and I was like, this is nuts. Well, brother, it's spiritual. I don't know. It ain't on the list. <laughs> and what's the point? And then this Toronto revival. They're talking about people on their, on their four getting down like this and barking like dogs. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That ain't on the list. And what is the point of that? Honestly, I think it's, but don't be doing that stuff in here. You start barking like that, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> or, or probably the pound would be more appropriate. <laughs> barking like a dog in here. Be like, oh, that's so spiritual, Pastor. Oh, oh we come to church. Hey, this is great. Pastor Mark, he doesn't believe in the spirit because he doesn't believe. I'm going to give you a hard time about it. What's the point of these things? Now, you want to do these things? Fine. Do them at home. <laughs> you want to shake and go crazy? That's fine. I just, now I'm not being mean. I'm being honest. You can worship. At, there's all kinds of stuff I do at home I don't do, do here. I walk around in my underwear at home. <laughs> I don't do that here. And as best as I can tell, most of y'all appreciate that. <laughs> That's just an assumption on my end, but I'm assuming you appreciate me not in the underwear and wearing the Costa Rica shirt. <laughs> and I'm just saying, let's do stuff that matters, that's real. Let's not get all goofy on stuff. Again, I know it makes some of you mad, but don't go out here saying, I don't believe in the, the moving of the spirit. Well, Pastor, I can't help anything. I, I can't help it when... See, that ticks me off. Because there's one thing that Paul teaches is that you can help it. 1 Corinthians 14, 13, when he's still talking about these things, he has this statement. This is a statement a lot of people don't like this statement in the Bible. They want to tear this one. They want that scissors Bible. They cut out the verses they don't like. <laughs> the spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. You can control. Listen, God is different than the devil. When the devil shows up, he possesses people. You hear stories, you'll listen to testimonies of people who are like into witchcraft or seances, or they, and these people, are, they'll go into a trance, and they'll go out, and they'll talk, and they'll say things, and then they'll finally come out of it. They have no idea what happened. They don't know what they said. They don't know what experience. Why? Because when the devil comes up, he's a big, fat, stinking jerk. He just takes over. He possesses people, makes them do things. That is not the spirit of our holy God. He does not possess people. He empowers people. He anoints people. He strengthens people. He works together with people. Don't tell me the Spirit is making you do something you can't control because I don't buy it. Now, we can disagree on what to do and what not to do. That's fine, but don't tell me you can't control it. Of course you can control it. And by the way, there's another side of this. 
I think a lot of people really think that God will just kind of take them over and make them do things. You know, like, you know, and listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean here, but I'm going to challenge y'all. I know you would not expect me to challenge you. But I walk around this congregation, I see, I would say, at times, at least 50% of the people in this church during worship, you ain't worshiping at all. You're standing there like this. <laughs> now listen, I would rather have you here doing nothing than at home doing nothing. So I appreciate that you come. But come on, what do you want? You know, when you see people raise their hands, that's not magic. I think some people are just waiting for their hands to go up by themselves. <laughs> they raise their hands on purpose. They sing on purpose. I know I'm preaching about miracles. Maybe y'all believe in miracles because you're trying to sing with your mouth closed. That would be a miracle. That's not the kind of miracle I'm talking about. Come on, you guys, sing. Get into the, if nothing else, fake it. You know, lip sync, do a Milli Vanilli. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all you geezers know what I'm talking about. All the young people, Milli, what? What's he talking about, man? What's... <laughs> Listen to me. I'm your pastor. When we get to heaven on Judgment Day, I don't want you to look at me and say, I didn't tell you. I'm telling you, look, there's, a, there's at least a 47% chance you will die someday. <laughs> at least, at least 47%. And you will stand before God. And they're going to play back the video of you. Now, do you really want the video of you in church going like this? <laughs> at least do the Milli Vanilli. <laughs> so at least it looks like you're doing something. Well, Pastor, I, I, I don't feel comfortable worshiping. Oh, but contraire. You're from Wisconsin. Wisconsin people are the best worshipers on earth. We're world renowned for our worshiping abilities. We gather at the Green and Gold Cathedral. And we worship like no other people on earth. We clap, we sing, we dance, we shout, we draw on our bellies. <laughs> we are great worshipers. Don't tell me you don't know how to worship. You know how to worship just fine. You want on Judgment Day the picture of you going like this at a game and like this at church? Come on, guys. Get involved. Open your mouth. I don't like it when you talk like that. Well, get in line. But you're not going to be able to look at me and say, well, you never told me. Come on. You know how to worship. I'm going to a wedding today. Outdoors. <laughs> in a black suit, man. It's hotter than blazes out there. It might be a really short wedding. You want you, you want you, good. Let's go, man. This is hot. Just... <laughs> Moving it along. But I've been to Wisconsin weddings. Y'all worship just fine. <laughs> you come to church and do this? 
Come on. So Pastor Mark, I'm, I'm a guy. You know, guys don't like to sing. Oh, yeah, they do. Man, you go to any bar on a Saturday night, they're all singing at the top of their lungs. You know, one of the most butt-kicking, killing machines in history was King David. This is the young man who at 17 years of age took on a giant everybody else was scared to death to face. This young punk took that guy out, killed him. Goliath. But it wasn't just Goliath. He killed all kinds of people. He was a killing machine, this guy. They would sing his songs of how he killed tens of thousands of people. Now, this is not, no, he wasn't murdering people. This is fighting for his country and fighting for his God. This is a guy, this is, there were no bombs. There were no guns. It was mano y mano. I get a big stick, you get a big stick. Let's see who dies. <laughs> this guy was a fighting machine. In fact, he had killed so many people. If you read your Bible history, you'll find out that when it came time to build the temple, God said, I ain't letting you build the temple. You got way too much blood on your hands. We'll let your son build the temple. That was the only reason. Because he'd been in so many battles. This, here is a man who never, ever in his life even tasted defeat. One time the Bible talking about it, he's going along and there's a bunch of the enemy up on the side of a cliff. And they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. And David's I'm going to kill you. And he puts on his sword and he climbs up the side of the mountain to go get these guys. Now, I've got to assume they're trying to knock him down. This is not, you know, the Princess Bride. It's not Inigo Montoya. <laughs> I'm Inigo Montoya. You kill my father, prepare to die. Okay? You remember? What, you, like know the, you know the movie? You know? Yeah, that's the that's a best movie on earth. I love this movie. But it's, you know, the, the dreaded pirate Roberts is climbing up, and he stops, and he helps the guy climb up. And then they take a rest, and he gets his breath, and then they fight him. You know, this, this is not Inigo Montoya. David's climbing up. They're trying to kill David. They know who this guy is. Man, kill it. You kill it. No, I kill you. Somebody throw something. You missed. Throw something else. Throw something else. He's coming up. Oh, oh my. Ah! You know. <laughs> this guy's climbing. <laughs> he gets up to the top and single-handedly kills a whole lot of them. This was a killing machine. He was a man's man. I wish Hollywood would do a real movie about David. No, you talk about an action movie, for heaven's sakes. The last one they did of David had Richard Gere. <laughs> Richard Gere, cut me some slack. They need Arnold Schwarzenegger doing David. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is David. And this killing machine, you know what he would do? He would take a harp. He would play it and he would sing songs to God. He would write poetry. It's in your Bible. It's called the book of Psalms. This man's man. Don't tell me a man can't sing. This man sang his little heart out and God loved him for it. We need Arnold to do the movie, I'm telling you. I will praise the Lord. <laughs> and then I will kill you. 
I will praise God and then I'll be back. That's what we need. Okay, I'm done. I'm not done. I haven't even gotten to my points yet. You got to come back. We're going to be teaching on this for several weeks. Talking about real faith that brings real miracles, that does real things. I want to show you what it looks like, what it feels like, how you can get to a place where you can see God doing something in your life. And remember, God isn't looking for zombies. He's not going to zombie you here. He's not going to zombie you into doing some spiritual. He wants to empower you by his spirit so it will change things in your life and the people around you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, for your truth, your love, and your kindness towards us. We pray, O oh God, as we teach on this subject, that you'll open the eyes of our heart, open our understanding, help us to get a picture of what this looks like so we can start to be real people of real faith. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.